in recovery in, in the uh, one in the forwards. Uh, they make a statement about we were a hundred men and women who have uh, who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah. The word seemingly is really important because it describes a certain uh, paradigm of perception here. And some people would call it a subjective experience where seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. Yes? So when you're under the throes of alcoholism, it seems to be a hopeless state of mind and body. But if it was a hopeless state of mind and body, there'd be no recovery. Yeah? So it's seemingly hopeless. And it appears to be true or false to you. And it can appear to be true or false to you in one life. Yeah? It can appear to be true to you when you're in the throes of it, and then when you're in recovery, it can appear to be false, that it isn't a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, because you're recovering from it. Yeah? So the word seemingly is important because uh, there's a big aspect in AA, it talks about it on page 63, about the whole program, really. And most people say the third step is the major principle of the program, which is to turn your will and your life over to the care of a power greater than yourself, yes? But if you read it on page 62 or so, it describes something really cool. First, he, he takes a couple of pages to describe why we have to get out of self-centeredness because it kills us, yes? And the whole, the root of the problem is being excessively concerned with self or self-centeredness. And then he says, okay, this is the how and why of it. He's going to bring us to the third step. First of all, we had to quit playing God. So before the main principle of AA, yeah, there's a step in a way for that, which is first, you've got to quit playing God, yeah? Why? Because it doesn't work. <laughs> and then, then it goes next. Hereafter, in this drama of life, we're gonna. God is gonna be our director. Yes. So, let's say what what is it? What could you describe as playing God? Now, let's just take it. If the if the identification, if the obsession with self, to me, it's identification as self. Yeah. If you've ever seen a movie where the, uh, there's like a, a woman who's like obsessed with a starlet and they, uh, she starts dressing like the lady and tries to go out with the same people and, and uh, starts killing the people off that, are, you know, that go out with the starlet and basically wants to kill the starlet to become the starlet, yeah? You would say that's an extreme case of obsession, wouldn't you? I mean, that is a very extreme obsession. And when I was out there using... I was extremely obsessed with coke, but I never became coke. I never turned into cocaine. <laughs> there was always a uh, there was always a line that I'm doing the coke. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no. The thing is, there was a prior identification. But let's say if the problem isn't really obsession with self, but it's identification as self. Yes. It's such an extreme obsession, you don't even know it anymore because you're identified as it. Yeah. So, if you're identified as self, and that's the root of the problem, you could say self does what? It plays God, doesn't it? Your head tells you how you are all day, how you were, how you're going to be. It tells you how other people are. It tells you when you wake up, 
oh, fuck it, the day's going to suck. You don't even know about the day yet, but you think you know, yeah? And if, you li- if you've lived a day, the way the day is dealt to you like a card game is you get an 8 a.m. card at 8 a.m. You don't get the 4 p.m. card at 8 a.m., yeah? You can only receive what's actually happening. But the, the selfing and playing God tries to tell you how it's going to be before you even find out, yeah? I would say that's an extreme example of playing God. And so let's say you're in this aspect of the disease that the mind is playing God, and you get to the third step, and that has not been seen yet, yes? The first off hasn't been dealt with. You haven't quit playing God because you're identified as what's playing God. So now you do the third step in, in recovery, but who does the third step? Yeah? The identification as self. So now the self plays God with the third step. And that's why people have a lot of experiences of they turn their will over and they take it back. They turn their will over, they take it back. Because they're the bigger God in the deal. The God that they've turned over to is smaller. It's like a little kid. You can grab the candy right away from him. Yeah? And so people, oh, I surrendered and then I took my life back. Then I surrendered. This is all playing God, isn't it? If you really look at it, it's the mind playing God about God. So, first off, we've got to quit playing God. Now, in my experience, if you try to quit playing God, that's also playing God. But if you see you're not what's playing God, yes? If you're not that selfing, if it's, I'm not talking about the obsession, it's now gone to you looking at the identification as, if I'm not that, yes? then the, actually the God juice that you represent is not being used by selfing to play God anymore. You've taken away its juice. Yeah. So what used to... You have to see the, the, uh, the breadth of it because we live, lots of us, experiencing or reacting to false evidence appearing real. Yeah? The acronym for fear. Yeah? False evidence is appearing real. How could false evidence appear real if it's false evidence? It can only appear real to who? You. Yeah? Seemingly. And that you it's appearing real to is the selfing that's playing God. So it's causing false evidence, sort of like, I know I'm going to be fucked next week. You have no evidence of that whatsoever. The next week hasn't happened, has it? But you totally believe it. You have total faith in that. And therefore, there's a reaction in the body of tightening, contraction, getting speed it up, you know, worried. And then, of course, what happens when you're in that condition? You seek. You look for some relief, yeah? It's very difficult, though, to get relief from something that's not happening. (laughs) It really is. Have you tried it? It's very hard to get relief from something that's not happening. You're trying to get relief from something that's not happening produces its own problem, yeah? Because right now, you're basically not present here because you're looking for something else. So, this idea of playing God is, is, to me, the most important thing. Because if that isn't addressed, obviously, if you're identified as self, you don't know it. Yeah? That's part of being identified with something. You don't know you're identified. You take it to be you. Yeah? So, at that point, all the God juice that, you're, that you, you access as this possibility has been surrendered over to this idea of being the self. And now it's using that juice to play God. Yet, it can't play God with all of us. It only can play God with you. 
Yeah? Because you can really flip out about what's not happening in your head, but none of us will. Yeah? I can't create a, a blanket effect by what I'm thinking, can I? And that's why I may be totally insane, and I go see a sponsor or someone, and they're, they're not in the same what's not happening. There may be in a what's ha not happening, but it may be next week instead of three months from now, whatever, yeah? We're not usually on the same page. So when I go and share to them what's, why I'm so flipped out, which is really an effect of entertaining what's not happening, they don't get it. They have an immunity to it because it's not happening to them, yeah? Yet, the same thing going on with them, with you, if I believe it's going on with me, I'll have an effect. Yeah? I have an immunity when I see it's you, but I have no immunity to it when I take it to be me. You don't see that? It's God. Yeah? A thought doesn't drive you crazy. My thought drives you crazy. It's the act of being identified with the thought that drives you crazy. You have, you're like Solomon when someone, someone brings their thoughts to you, aren't you? Very wise, lots of wisdom, yes, you got a sense, you know. But this, <laughs> when you have the same thoughts, but they're called yours, you, you're totally deluded by them, yeah? That's the act of being identified. The word my is a very important word to see, because it's the act of claiming something, yeah? So, you and I live under the idea that we're the thinker of our thoughts. This is a really mind-boggler to me, because we can't even shit when we want to. We can't, really. I mean, sometimes I never wanted to shit, and I had a shit. And a lot, a lot of times you're letting out gas when you don't want to let out gas. And this is like a gross thing that the body's doing. And, you know, if you go to the bathroom and you see the results, you can make the logical assumption, I did that, yeah? But here, thoughts are happening, which you can't see, you can't weigh, yeah? Yet, you're, when you see the thoughts, because there's awareness, you are awareness, when the seeing of thoughts is, occurs, there's a belief that you're the thinker of them. You thought those thoughts. Yeah? And if you think, if the, th if the thoughts that are seen are yours, what happens is a huge amount of meanings given to them. Yes? Let's just take an example of money. Let's say, in an, uh, let's say in this town, objectively, if you had a million dollars, you'd be probably pretty good for a year, yeah? objectively. Everyone, you could make it pretty well for a year. Yeah. So, okay, there's the objective take on money. But let's say when you have money, it's your money. Yeah? So let's say you have a belief system that it's never going to be enough. So you can have a million dollars, but it's not going to produce an ease and comfort. It's going to produce anxiety because you're going to constantly think you don't have enough. Why is that? Because you're not experiencing money, you're, you're experiencing my money. My money, yeah? And the whole freedom in this program, to me, is when the mind drops out. And I had a, so many strong experiences of it in, in AA because I went to a lot of meetings, you know, when I first came. And I would sit there, and after a couple months, you know, I'd listen to people share their thoughts and their feelings and their reactions to life. And after a few months of listening to this, I could only come to two conclusions. You know, either they, how did they get my thoughts and my feelings and my reactions, or they're not my thoughts, my feelings, or my reactions, yeah? Their thoughts and feelings and reactions produced by a mental condition that has alcoholism, yeah? Let's say and so anywhere I go in the world, if I listen to people share, they're sharing 
I'm not identifying with who you are. I'm identifying with what's taking you over. I've recognized that you've been taken over by your sharing by the same disease that I've been taken over by. Yeah, alcoholism. So I don't identify with who you are, but I do identify with what's taking you over. That's why we laugh when other normal people don't. If you ever see someone come into a meeting and there's the basic joke of a horrific night out there, all the alcoholics start laughing. The, the per normal person's like aghast. How could you share this in front of people? There's no identification because they're not run by the same thought system we are. Yeah. So, and one of the biggest flavors of that thought system is everything that's happening through you is claimed to be done by you. Yeah? So, alcoholics' thoughts are taken to be your thoughts. And that is hell. Seriously. There's no freedom if they're your thoughts. If you see that you're not that, let's say if you're not that self, then the next thing your mind can do is entertain being free of it. But all the while, if you're identified with the problem, the best you can do is maybe get therapy for it. Hopefully you get socialized enough where you don't flip out at the next picnic. And maybe, just maybe, you'll have like a month-long relationship that works. Who knows? You know, your idea of success is very meager because you're really under a tyranny or a slavery. Yeah? You're trying to buy it off and, and tolerate it and sort of... Uh, win it over, but it's like, it's like this story about a lady who uh, finds a snake and she saves the snake and she takes it home and puts it in a shoebox and gives it milk through a dropper and gives it nice blankets and after about two days she picks it up and the snake bites her. And she goes, why Mr. Snake, why did you bite me? I've been really nice to you, I saved your ass, and I've been feeding you. He said, he the snake just looks up at her, I'm a snake, what can you do? This is what's happening. If you're trying to deal with an undealable system of thought called alcoholism, <laughs> there's no freaking way you're winning it over. You know what I mean? There's no way it's going to come over to your side. It's a matter, but why are we making so much effort to get therapy for it and try to understand it is because we're identified as it. If you're not that, the next thing your mind can entertain is being free of it. And I mean radically free of it. Radically free radically free, where the things like in the book where they say you will cease fighting everyone and anything will become a way of life, yeah? where you'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part, you'll have a direct experience of that, yeah? that the problem will not exist for you. And that's an incredible condition for someone who's had alcoholism and addiction for quite a while, because that was the most dominant thing in my life alcoholism. For it to not exist for me is an incredible miracle. It's almost like as if that door that I was constantly going in and out of was, you know, stuccoed over like it was never there. But I know, I know, I know through my own experience for that state to stabilize the real level is it doesn't exist as you. Yeah. If you're still identified as self You'll have experiences when the problem doesn't exist for you, but it will come back to exist for you. But if it doesn't exist as you, that can stabilize the freedom. Yeah. So it really does change the irritable restlessness and discontent to a level of uh, a sense of ease and comfort in your skin. It's an incredible shift, really. You don't really appreciate it much because it's, it's a contextual one. It's not an experience. It's the way you 
have all experiences changes. Yeah, how you receive and give changes, not what you have received and given, but how you do it. Yeah, in other words, it affects how you travel. That's why I like to use the word traveling lighter. It affects how you travel in life. It doesn't say that this will happen or this won't happen. It, it won't change, let's say, the geography of your life, but you'll travel lighter, whatever your life has in store for you. And what more do you want? And also, that's the proof in it. The validation of it is that it works. Yeah. So, this whole idea of playing God, I saw it in my own life, and I see with so many other people. When you hear people share, they've surrendered and taken it back, surrendered, taken back, that's playing God. Because this third step, if you surrender your will in life to a power greater than what you're identified with, you'd have to ask for that life back. <laughs> you're not going to be taking it back, yes? You've already turned it over to a power greater than supposedly you. You're not going to go back and grab it any fucking weekend. You want to have a date or something. I want that back, you know? It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a done deal. You can't get out of the contract. And what happens then is states start to stabilize. They, they leave the experiential level and you start traveling it. It's like gratitude. After a while, it infuses into your attitude. It's not an experience anymore. It's flavoring all your experiences. Yeah? The peace and joy isn't an experience. It's infused in your attitude and outlook in life. It's where you're looking at life from instead of looking at life to get it. You're looking at life from what you've been usually before seeking for. You're looking from that. Yeah? And it's... The quality of this power, I don't know for you, but the, one of the qualities of it is that it's timeless, yes? It doesn't take any time. That's why my idea of a higher power got to the point of that it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. <laughs> I mean, that's just incredible. It's right in your face every second. And then, go to the third step. Now, don't tell me if this doesn't sound like playing God. And maybe they had to appease us when they first started the program. But they make your understanding of a higher power your own understanding of it. They say, all right, turn your will and your life over to the care of a higher power of your own understanding. Yeah? <laughs> I want to know a higher power of its own understanding. Yeah? If it's of my own understanding, it's going to be a very weak higher power. And when I really need it, it ain't going to be available. But if I surrender the playing God and I open up to have God, let's say, reveal himself to me instead of knowing God, but have that power, you want to call it, reveal itself to me and get to know it that way by finding out, not by knowing, because knowing... Have you ever worked with people and they say, I know? It's all it this shit's already shut down. <laughs> They're not open to hear anything because they think they know. This is the drive of conditional mind. It wants to know. It's the booby prize. I know I know the truth. No, you don't. You're not traveling as an example of it. But I know it. This is about finding out, yeah. So you surrender. The stop playing God has the juice of that playing God has been taken away. So now you see false evidence as false evidence. You don't see false evidence as appearing real because the identification with the system of thought selfing is what causes false evidence to have the ability to appear real to you. And as soon as it appears real to you, all your solutions about that amplify the problem. Don't you see? If 
you, if you take an imaginary problem to be real, that every solution you apply to it is a problem. The solution is that the problem's imaginary. What more do you need to do? You're immediately in that space. It's just an instant awakeness. You're like, Jesus, there's no... <laughs> if you watch, what we call getting out of self is just another form of being in self. If you signed up for a two-year course on how to deal with the obsession with self, that would be obsession with self. <laughs> self can't get out of self. You're not going to get out of self as self. And if the root problem is identification, you don't know you're identified as self. So every moment you're trying to get out of self is being in self. <laughs> because if you get the big experience of being out of self, who's going to claim it? Self. I've seen it. You know, epiphanies, people talk about epiphanies. They're like spiritual interruptions, whatever in life. What happens, I don't know what actually happens, but the linear story of you gets stopped, and then there's a very, very open space of mind, let's say. So let's say you have an epiphany. Now, did you ever make a reservation for an epiphany? Did you ever knew it was coming? No, it's always very surprising, because you're in your little linear story, and then suddenly life just intervenes. Yeah. So let's say you have the epiphany, and it's a beautiful event. Yeah. Then suddenly your head goes... I, I just had this incredible epiphany. That's when it usually ends. Yeah? <laughs> as soon as the selfing claims the epiphany, the epiphany is now, instead of an incredible revelation of the quality of mind, becomes an experience to the self. And then it maybe put it on its spiritual mantelpiece and start judging. How long was your epiphany? I want to see. Yours an hour, my hour and a half. I'm, I'm up here. And then it's just like spiritual materialism, on and on and on and on and on. But, yeah, exactly. It'll drive you crazy. That supposed sample of freedom will be used by selfing to drive you crazy in the rest of your days. Every moment that comes up, you'll compare it to that mythical moment when it was really, really great. But it's not now. When it was really, really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, if... <laughs> So I have one of my sponsees, what I have him do simply, when head's going off, I just say, ask a simple question. Is that playing God? Just check it out. Is that playing God? If that's seen, then the playing God is actually being seen by God. The awareness that I am is seeing the playing God. Once the juice is taken away, false evidence will appear to be false. Yes? It'll still produce it. It'll still produce the story, but it will be tinny. Yeah? It won't have that hook like it used to have. Because your interest and attention will have been relieved from it. Because your interest and attention, my interest and attention goes to me. Yeah? Whatever I think I am, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah? You see it. We did this last time I was here. Let's say there's a, a girl's in another meeting over there. Yeah? And I like to know her biblically, let's say. Yeah? I haven't talked to her yet, but I, I'm very interested in her. So... I'm, I'm supposed to be doing a talk, and uh, but my intention is trying to listen to her conversation. Of course, she's going to say something about me. You know what I mean? So I'm very glued to hear what's going on in that room. But I'm, And someone says, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be doing this meeting. I go, yeah, I understand, but my intention and interest, that's much more important. Yeah. Then someone comes up and says, hey, I want you to read this book, How to Stop Listening to Conversations in Other Rooms. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I'm in there. 
Uh, my interest and attention is glued to hear what she has to say about me. And as soon as she starts talking, I hear she mentions the name Matt, and my name's Paul. What happens? My interest and attention immediately leaves the room. I don't have to take a workshop of how to retrieve my interest and attention. I don't have to go on a retreat. It just immediately leaves that object, yeah? Yeah, have you seen it? It's just the same thing. If people, you know... Well, just take it this way. So what would happen if, the, if you're not what your mind's presenting you to be? What would happen if you entertained that and it started to resonate? Your interest and attention would leave the selfing, yeah? And, and the interest and attention is what's illuminating or lighting up the selfing. It's your interest and attention. In. You're not interested in other people's selfing at all. If someone comes over to my house and starts selfing, I want to do laundry in like two minutes. So I got a call to make. But I've been listening to the same thing for 40 years, thinking it's incredibly interesting. Why is that? Because it's about me. Yeah? The me is the glue. The me is the bondage. So if I'm not that me, that's bonding me to everything. See? Why deal with the things that you're bound to? Why not find what's bonding you to everything? Why not go there, see what's bonding you to everything? Because if that gets loosened, everything will loosen up. Yeah? So if I notice as soon as my interest and attention started entertaining, I may not be that, what I was taking myself to be. I may not be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I may not be a body. I just may not, this may not be me. As soon as that interest started going to that question, it was freed, yeah? And my interest and attention started to be distributed, I don't know how, but not to that little porno theater all day, yeah? It came out of the little porno theater, and now I was engaged in life, yeah? <laughs> so, <laughs> I really like the idea of finding a higher power of its own understanding, yeah? Because you're thrust in a position of I don't know, which is incredibly healing for that habit of wanting to know incessantly. To have that state of I don't know. And in that state of I don't know, you find out. And find out is a much more convincing form of knowledge than knowing. Yeah? When you actually find something out, it really takes effect and it translates into traveling here. It's not a flimsy knowledge that when the shit hits the fan, it's gone. Yeah? It actually stands the test of being here. It starts working. So, when I did the inventory, I used to teach a fourth-step workshop for like 19 years, in a way. And then I, um, one of the most important statements in that is, is on page 64, where it says, being convinced that self, yeah? So the word convinced means to believe with certainty. So being convinced that self manifested in various ways. So it appears in various ways. Self-pity, self-whatever, there's tons of them. If you look at the dictionary, look up the word self, there'll be a hyphen and it'll be like 90 adjectives, 90 descriptions. Self-destruction, self-love. And then look at spirit, there's just one definition. Self, 90. 90 aspects of it. you got to see it, man. <laughs> so, here's being convinced that self manifests in all these ways is what has defeated us. Yeah? So, I would, the way it sounds to me is that he's separating the two. So, self and us. Yeah, Self and us. This is a beautiful statement, really. Because if you ask everyone in this room, 
what self defeated them, we'd all have the same answer, myself. Yeah? Self has not defeated us. What's defeated us is being identified as the self. Yeah? The my is what defeats us. The my is the activity of the defeat. The self is a potential. If you become identified as it, it will produce a defeat in one's life. It really will. It has that potential, but it can't translate until the my, until the mind becomes identified as it. And then the mind's power goes to the selfing's power, and then the selfing produces a life. Yeah? So it's not self that defeated us. It's myself. That's an act, the act of being identified. And I believe if self is seen as self, the defeat ends. If it's seen as myself, the therapy begins. Yes? The fucking whatever. <laughs> Tons of stuff trying to get solutions to an, imaginal, you know, an imaginative problem in a way. But in this way, it's so beautiful when you see that it isn't self that defeated me. Because the selfing will continue. It's the my. It's the act of being identified as it. That's the bondage. That's what I wanted to be relieved from, the bondage to self. What's bonding you to self is the my. It doesn't say bondage. It doesn't say self is the bondage. It says, please relieve me of the bondage to self. In other words, I'm, I'm bonded to self. How am I bonded to self? I would say, not obsessively. I think that's what the mind does to reinforce the identification. Yeah? It has to obsess over it to keep the glue. It has to constantly apply the glue. But the bonding agent is the my. Yeah? The act of being identified as. That's what causes how that's what gives it the gives it the uh, ability to defeat me. That's it. The defeat comes from actually you and I. By being identified as it, we open up to its defeat. Yeah? As soon as you see you're not that, you open up to recovery. I mean radical recovery. So here it says, okay, being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us, it says we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations. And then the next paragraph starts with the word resentment. So a lot of people teach doing the inventory process from the point of view that resentments are yours, fears are yours, Harming, harming other people were yours. I believe we're accountable for that, but I don't believe they're yours. I don't believe, because if you read what was just stated, it sure sounds like to me he's describing that these are expressions of self. Yeah. How did those expressions of self seemingly get so much play in my life is the identification as self, obviously. Because every aspect of my life, it walked in and I never checked its papers because I said it was me. <laughs> and so now that point of view is producing the view of threat and I'm resenting, yes? Refeeling old seeming threats. Yeah? That's produced by the system of selfing. The anxiety, because most of us aren't in fear, we're in anxiety. Yeah, it's producing the physiological effects of fear, but it's not an impending threat now. It's happening and what's not happening. Yeah? You're thinking about something that isn't actually happening now, and your obsession with that thinking is producing an effect now. That's, it. That's the playing God on a very small scale. It can't create, create a, a huge effect, but it can create a real seeming effect in your life. Yeah? 
by you being obsessed with those thoughts, you give them life to affect you now. So if you see it that way, that I'm actually doing an inventory on self-expressions into my life, and how did it have this carte blanche uh, access into my life, I would say it's identification as that. And if I am not that, yes? So when I'm doing a resentment and fear, I'm just looking at the fear of the anxiety provoked by self, yeah? The resentment provoked by self, the harming that I did to other people provoked by self. And what would happen, what could I expect if that bondage to that idea of self was broken, then there would be a lifting of resentments and fears. And in a sense, to me, the true true value of the inventory is when there's no more needed of it, when there's no need to do anymore, when there's a freedom from the resentment and fear and the harms done to other people. Because now you're not harming other people, and you're not living in anxiety produced from what's not happening. Yes? And there's no, you're not viewing anything as a threat. That, to me, is freedom. Yeah. Not a goal, but an activity. Not something you have, but something that expresses as you. Just like selfings expressed as you, another power can express as you. Yeah? Way of being. Yes. Well, being is looking for a way. So, and you're that way. So if one mental groove takes over, you're going to be a perfect example of a down-and-out junkie. And if that shifts, you'll be a saint later on in life. Were you either of them? No. You're just a potential. Whatever takes you over is what your life's going to look like. Yeah? I know, I know with the identification of self, it actually short-circuits any kind of spiritual aspiration because you... you you're, you want to become spiritual as a self. Yeah. It's sort of like... It's like if, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like kind of like a goal or like a... Well, of a course. Because, like a credential. Well, exactly, because if it's already believing it's something to begin with, mm-hmm. then spirituality has to be a goal that it's mm-hmm. going to get. But if you are not this, you may get a hit that you are spirit. And then, like it says in the program... Your daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. I would say if you are a spiritual condition, that's a very high form of maintenance. You're all red, you're all red. Yes. In other words, while you're living, it's maintaining itself. Yes? Because you're not living you're not living for or to get, but as, yeah? Yeah. So you see it in the book. It says it beautifully. A lot of places. It'll say, first, you know, you just sincerely take this position of your ass has been kicked, and now you want to surrender to something greater than yourself. And then now you'll have a new employer, and uh, he'll take care of us if you just perform his works well and stay close to him. And if, obviously, how can you be far from it? So you only have one requirement. Do some service, basically. <laughs> and then it says, okay, now you'll get established in that position, and then all new results start happening. You'll start feeling a new power flow in. You'll learn you can face life successfully. You can enjoy peace of mind. Peace of mind is available, but our minds can't enjoy it because we're, we're totally addicted to time. So even if you think you're in peace now, you're thinking you won't be tomorrow. That's not peace of mind. Yeah? So you have to be... There's, there is an access point where you can be relieved of the laws of this modality we're in where we worship time, if you look at your thought system, it's all about time. Yeah? 
You're thinking, it's like, I used to use this example a lot. This is a typical thing mine does. Let's say I'm sitting in my house in uh, my one-bedroom apartment, and I don't have any couches. Here I have a lot of beds, but I have no couches in my, and I'm looking at this magazine, and there's a beautiful layout of a, a couch set. And I look at it, I go, wow, that couch would be great. I bet you if I had that couch, maybe I'd meet a girl and I'd conceive my first child on that couch. And I start thinking all these wonderful things that this couch, couch would bring me in life. And then as soon as I'm entertaining that, and I look around and I see my room is couchless, there's like a sort of depression sets over me. Yeah. So now I'm saying no to the here that I was quite happy with a second ago because there's this mythical there that I know is going to be better when I get this fucking couch. It's going to be great. Yeah. So now I plan. I make a big plan to get that couch. So I'm working hard to get to my goal. All the while the mind's invalidating each moment it's in because it's replaced the moment it's in, which is the only moment, with a mythical moment. You can't be playing God more than that. You can't be playing God where the possibility of access to, to that heaven right now is promised in a mythical heaven by buying a couch or meeting a girl or something. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, quit playing God is a nice thing to look into because it's happening all fucking day. That's the activity of disease. Lots of us are not drinking anymore, but we're still under the throes of the disease because we're managing like crazy and we're trying to control like crazy. That's playing God. Yes? What's the activity of the disease now? I haven't drank in a long time. The activity of disease is the second part of the first step, the manageability. Yeah? Just like it says, the main delusion in AA is... People think if we could only manage better, everything will go great. Even if it's sucking for a long time, we still hold on to that hope. But if I just manage better, it would work out. This managing is the, is the activity of the disease right now. Check it out. This is the managing is the activity of disease. You may not have drank in a long time, but you're still suffering from the disease of alcoholism because it's managing up a storm. And when you admit you're on, see, if you read the first step, it says, hey, all right, I drank, I was powerless over alcohol, and my life became unmanageable. It sounds like cause and effect in that first step, at least it did when I came in. So I thought that if I stopped drinking, everything would get great. That was a rude awakening. It didn't. The real shit hit the fan when I stopped drinking. Because I realized my first solution, my managing alcoholism, was alcohol. I drank to get relief from alcoholism. So the disease was already working. I was managing like crazy. <laughs> then it, in the how it works, it says, it says uh, at the end, it says there's three pertinent ideas that we have to be convinced of. And the first one is that we're alcoholics and cannot manage our own lives. That sounds totally different to me. In alcoholism, in that identification as self, yes, there's... Life is not going to be successful when run by self. Yeah? You're not going to manage yourself out of it. The managing is the disease. You know, I would say that the, the, the real self is showing you through the alcoholism that you can't manage it. You're not managing it. It could be if you can see it. But there is no real self, in my view. I just think there's something. I, I think it's nothing, really. Right. I can't put a, I can't see it, feel it, taste it, touch it. I can just sense its presence, yeah. And I really get a sense of its presence when I'm absent out of my life. 
And the fact is, I've always been absent out of my life. There's never been a self. It's just been a presentation by my head. And this self, I'm, I have an extreme version of selfing, which is called alcoholism. So it is. Everyone's selfing like crazy out here. We have an extreme version where we we pr we we paint with broad strokes. You know, <laughs> we're like volcanics. We create you know a lot of turmoil and everywhere. But other people are dying from very quiet desperation. Yeah, they're living in a. They're hoping for a mythical there that's ne that's never going to be here. Because when you arrive and get that couch, it's a here. As soon as you get what you've been hoping to be the, the, the savior or the salvation, as soon as you get it, maybe in a day, maybe in ten minutes, it becomes a here again. And then a new there gets presented by your head. All right, let's work towards this there. And it's just you just keep going. And if you looked at a, if you could have an overall view of your life, you would see most of the time the mind has been invalidating the moment it was in to be in a mythical moment that was made up. That ain't playing God. To me, that's an incredible form of playing God. <laughs> so I don't know. I always love this message. I'm like stunned. <laughs> because I, I've been entertaining it for a long time. And uh, it rings true, yeah? Because I, it's translated. It's translated in, in my life in such an uh, obvious way. And the, the funny thing is, when it starts being relied on, because, you know, the reason why we're in all that anxiety is we're relying on self, yeah? And Bill W. says, why are you in so much fear today? Because self is unreliable. <laughs> you can't re you're relying on an unreliable system. What are you going to express? Anxiety about that, obviously. Yeah? It's not about trying to teach the, the system to be more reliable. Its nature is unreliability. You have to just realize and jump off the boat. But if you jump off the boat as a self, you're jumping back on the boat of self. That's the little trick it has. If you're identified as self, you're thinking you're getting out of self and you're just in fucking self. It just wears another suit. Maybe you become... It's like when you want... You think you're going to become spiritual, so you buy white clothes. First you've got to look the part, and then you start doing things, and then you build a resume up, and it's just self-clothing it in a, it, itself in another uniform. Yeah? Now I'm a spiritual self. <laughs> it's slimier, actually, than the other ones, because the mind puts a big nobility in being spiritual. Yeah. Yes, what's looking? Hmm? Well, it's one of the most succinct statements. What's looking is what you're looking for. So, what's looking, let's say we're sitting here, which we are, and I'm looking at Deb, yes? That would be what I call the experience. I looking at Deb, yes? And yet, Deb is I looking at me, Paul. So, I would say I'm looking at you, and she'd say the same thing, I'm looking at you. So, in this room, there's what, the same experience is happening. I, I, let's say awareness, is looking at objects, yes? So, you go, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you, yeah? goes back and forth. Okay? So, that's the what's looking is the I, yeah? That's what we're looking for. But what happens with the I, if you ask yourself, and the mental process answers, who am I? It says me, yeah? Don't you? Who's this me? The me is a you. Just identified. It's a body, just like you're seeing this body and calling it you. This is a you, but in, from this point of view, it's me. Yeah? 
This separates me from, so I believe that it's you seeing, and you seeing, and you seeing, and you seeing, and I forget the I seeing, that one eye, that one awareness, that seeing out of everyone's head. I forget that, and I become special, and it becomes a form of looking called self-centeredness. But in fact, if you look, what's looking is that I, yeah? and that's what the you's looking for. If the you drops out, it realizes what's looking, and it ain't you, and it ain't me, it's I. Yeah? If you want to use it as spirit, you know, I, that's what's looking. And everyone's, everyone, we're right on the ball, Every, we're saying it, everyone's clear, I'm seeing. That's the fact, yeah. But when the mind answers what that I is, it says it's me. That's where we go off. The mental process produces a sense of being a self. We become identified as that. That system now has sway over our lives. It starts dumping all of its characteristics into our lives. While we're identified with it, we claim every one of them as ours, which is an incredible identification. When a system that's taking over like a hostile parasite, yes, like a hostile parasite, when that system takes you over, and you allow it to keep taking you over because you're identified as it, you can diagnose your identification by when its expressions are coming through your life and you keep saying they're yours, that is a very high level of being identified as it. <laughs> to have, in other words, it's producing the view of resentment, and yet you say it's my resentment. It's producing anxiety. You say that's my fear. You can't see it. It's an incredible act of being identified. If you could see clearly that this parasite called alcoholism that's taken us over, yes, it has the greatest strategy because it's hostile as hell. Yeah? It wasn't a friendly takeover, was it? <laughs> no. It's not very nice to the host at all. So how is it going to keep the host at bay? Most people would naturally have an inclination to... Get rid of it, right? If something that nasty took you over, if you could entertain a possibility of getting rid of it, you probably would. What would happen if that parasite convinces you you're the parasite? Then you can't entertain that you can get rid of it because you're identified as it. Now you have to serve it in doing what it says or trying to get it to get better. Both ways are serving self. Both ways are being bonded to self. Both ways. Serving it, getting loaded, and then trying to sort of get a therapy. Come on, let's come out, come out, self. Let's 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 be friends. I, I really love you, self. No, you don't. It's a fucking hostile motherfucking takeover. Yeah, but but if you're identified, how can you entertain being free of it? How people entertain being free of it in recovery is killing themselves. They have to shoot themselves to feel like they're finally free of it. Because they can't entertain, I'm not that. Because they're identified as it. And all year after year after year, that unbearability, yet the one possibility is never entertained, I can be free of it. Why is that? Because you would expect that the feelings and the, the incomprehensible demoralization would lead mind to finally entertain, hey, I could be free of it. But it's identified as it. It can't entertain being free of it. It can only entertain trying to make it better, you know, let's talk, <laughs> let's, you know, let's sit down and get, go over things, whatever. No. But as soon as I entertain, I'm not that, 
my mind immediately opened up to a possibility that was never available to it. I can be free of it. Free, free. Not as it, not for it, from it. Yeah. So what allowed that shift to... Grace, I'd say, which I believe is available at all times. But not to you. If self, <laughs> if self claims the grace, the grace is going to be subverted. It's going to make you special or make you right. That's not the... When grace, instead of playing God with grace and thinking you know what grace should do, when you are allowing God to play and you, you know, what's your understanding, it's of its own understanding, then you'll find out what grace is. It was just an night I hadn't... See, I, I got it from somewhere else outside of AA. And... When it was introduced to me, and I had been working hard, quote-unquote, to become spiritual, but I, could, I never came up with this idea that I may not be that, which I take myself to be. Someone had it pointed out to me. I was looking for another technique of meditation, and the person just said, why not ask who's the meditator? And then he gave me this, this, uh, this practice of self-inquiry, or, or asking yourself, who am I? And in that, my attention and interest went back to where it was supposedly coming from, and I didn't find anyone there. <laughs> there was never an answer when I asked, who am I? <laughs> and that was the answer. <laughs> and then the emphasis just shifted from selfing to something other than selfing. And then that was the end of the story. Now it's just you know, doing what it's doing. Yeah, you can call it a lot of things. Recognizing the not knowing, just really that the not knowing. Recognizing that there's no. Well, it's not hard. How much? How much? How many times have you actually been right? It's not like a big leap <laughs> that you don't know. I mean, just look at one day's forecast. How did it turn out? Like I didn't know idea what was going on. See you, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So I don't know. I've always I love doing these because. I'm in AA, you know, and I see that everyone may be able to identify with all the descriptions of the problems, but a lot of us aren't identifying with the descriptions of the solutions, like cease finding everyone in anything. And I really believe that it's just that we didn't take it farther enough to the root of the problem. I don't think it's obsession with self. I really believe it's an act of being identified as self. And it doesn't mean you ever become self. It's just an act of being identified as self. So while the selfing is in, anything that it becomes aware of, it claims it. So instead of seeing a body, it's my body. Thoughts, my thoughts. Feelings, my feelings. Time, my time. You see the difference. Let's say you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Let's, let's say you're just going out with somebody and you're having a lot of fun. Then one day it turns into she's my girlfriend. Yeah? Two months later, you're up on stalking charges, yeah? You're breaking into her internet, reading her mail, as if you have the right to know what she does. The my changed everything, yeah? Put the word relationship here. Put the word sex here. Put the word health here. They'd all have meaning. But now put the word my health, my money, my sex, yeah? Totally different. With the my, you write tons of novels and stories about sex, money, relationships, just the mind just initiates tons of fucking selfing. 
It does. Check it out. What does self do? It pictures you as a body. Yeah? And now it places you anywhere at any time and thinks about it. It thinks about you. It thinks about you in the past. When you think about you in the past, how does your mind present you, your thought system, as a body? When you think about yourself in the future, how are you presented? As a body. You have to see the thought system believes you're a body. To rely on that thought system is unreliable because it negates the aspect of being quote-unquote spirit. Because first and foremost, you're a body. I would say first and foremost, you're a spirit. But you're never going to convince the self-centered to let spirit be first. It will just try to graft spirituality onto the body. That's its primary identification. The system isn't going to change its stripes. Well, I always wake up conscious before yes. I am me. Yes, yes. Every definitely. morning. Definitely. <laughs> and you stay that way the whole day. I swear, you stay that way the whole day. What mine is doing is seeing you. What mine's telling you is you're seeing everyone else. But mine is actually seeing you as an object right now. Mind. You know, there's a parable uh, that says, uh, <laughs> um, if I'm not for me, then who, then who am I? Or who, who is for me? And if not now, when? It's yeah. an old uh, proverb. Yeah. If not... And, yes. and I understood it from what you just said. If the I, if the, if the me doesn't attach or, or, or co-opt yes, yes, the yes, I. Yes, yes, then it's I. Then it's I. Yeah, yes. It changes everything, mm -hmm. yes, very cleanly. And it's going to translate into your life. For me, it translated into traveling lighter, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I know, see, the, one of the best antidotes to the disease of what's not happening is being aware of what's happening. If you're actually present here, you'll have a sense. It's See, I always say this, but what's not happening, anything can happen in that little porno theater. Anything. You can think of the most dire situations while you're having a really nice meal right now. That These may happen at the end of the week. Yeah? But... And in what's happening, there's, it, doesn't, it doesn't have all those things. It only has one quality. What's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. Yeah? It's the only quality it has. It's actually happening right now. This is what's manifesting. This is the antidote to what's not happening. If you can just be present here, yeah. you'll realize that mythical there is there. It has no influence except when you believe it to have. But if you don't, if you're never here, see, I'll go with, you have time? You want to go for a little while longer? All right. So let's just say there's a space or a spirit, which would be no thing, yeah? Let's say that's the, the unmanifest here. It's no thing, like this contextual spirit, let's say. God is everywhere, omnipotent, I'm, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then there's the manifest here, which is, is this is what's happening, yeah? And then there's the mental here. Overlaid on what yes. see. So the mental here, yeah, it has a here, but it's it's actually filled with there and then, yeah? It's all about past and future, the here up here. And you really want to get out of here. I mean, that's my addiction. I was trying to escape here. I thought it was here, which I end up getting imprisoned in all the time, trying to escape from here. But I was really trying to escape from the mental here, yeah? But I took the mental here to be here. 
So it seemed to be an unescapable fucking place, so I would do almost anything to get out of it. So I got loaded all the time, yeah? Now, what happened is, in the mental here, there's no higher power in the past and the future. It's, you're playing God. Your mind's playing God up there. The higher power that you're entertaining got no power at all. <laughs> None whatsoever. You're fucking in... You're, this is like hell, really, in a sense. Because you go up the ass of self, and you enter this little chamber, and then the here seems to be an unbearable place that you have to get out of. Yet, if you look at any surveillance tapes, you're always in where you're in. But that's the manifest here. So if you can start getting anchored in the manifest here, what becomes obvious or you'll sense a presence of the unmanifest here, which I believe is spirit, yes? You can't sense that presence in the mental realm. Because all that's happening up there is truly false evidence appearing real. Yeah? But in the manifest here, if you can actually just be here tonight, you know, sense what's going on, there's an there's this there's a an invitation or a possibility to sense a presence of the unmanifest here. That presence, to me, is the spiritual contact. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So. Have you read Toll? No. Toll? You know, Eckhart Tolle. No, no, but I know of him, yes. Yes. He talks about the, the life situations, the story that we tell yes. ourselves. Then there's the form or the present moment which is what's yeah. being perceived, what's here. Yes. And by getting fully into the form, accepting the form of the present moment, the formless becomes... Present. I think he's been listening to my talks. <laughs> he's feeling my stuff. <laughs> I do. I think I'm going to have to confront him, if there was a him to confront. That's right. <laughs> One being, many voices. Any questions? Any other questions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. When you started to realize it wasn't myself, but just self, yes. was that a crack of lightning experience that you had or something that kind of slowly sank in over a period of time? It was both. Yeah? Yes. How, could you explain that? I can't. Hmm. I can. I had, I had quote-unquote big events, but they got overridden over time. But when it leaked in like this it's it's like a thief in the night it just comes over you yeah so there's no one really noting what's going on yeah to me is that's another form of claiming when the mind keeps noting what oh that just happened to me and this and that yes so you actually don't know what's going on yeah you don't and uh it's like you have the, there's no you've gotten relieved of the need to be liberated in a sense it just sort of, I found here is the great transcendent point, is to be in the manifest here, yeah? To really just drop in, that's getting out of here. All my trying to get out of here just got me in, into bondage. But really being here, I have no desire to go anywhere, you know? Recovered. Recovered, yeah, yeah, recovered. Well, the thing is, you know, like in AA, you want to ask Practicing it is the hard part because in a minute 
let me just say, what can go into the past and go into the future ain't you. Yeah? In other words, I'm not identified which goes into the past and the future. That's the only difference. Yeah? My head still goes into the past and future. That's all. That's where it lives. But see, you see the identification? When we leave here, I'll go into the future. Yeah? You are ident- there's an act of being identified with what goes into the future. Maybe if you're not that, you'd have a total different feeling about the mind going into the future. Yeah? You'd still be stabilized here. And you'd see the mind going here and here and here and here. But you wouldn't, like, sign up for the journey. Yeah? You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. It wasn't about, I got better. It was about seeing there's no I, no me. That was it. There was no way. This is always going to be an urban renewal project. <laughs> there's no fucking way I'm ever going to get better to a point where there's satisfaction. It's just about giving up the ghost, so to speak. I'm not that which thinks it can go. I'm not that which thinks it can be out of a moment. That's a very important one. A lot of people, a lot of books are written about how to get into the moment. I don't believe you can be out of the moment. Really. So, I don't believe what believes. I don't take myself to be what believes it can be out of the moment. So, I have no desire to get into the moment. That's being in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into a mythical mental moment that I've come up with by reading some books and then realize I've been out of it for so long. Baloney! You've never been out of any moment. You and the moment are, are the same. There, won't, there wouldn't be a moment without you and there's no you without a moment. Yeah? So these are, the obviousness of the message is what floored me. The obviousness of it. When I, when I heard that, yeah, how can I, have I ever been out of a moment that I thought I was in? <laughs> no, that was being in the moment. While I was in the moment, my mind was thinking it could be out of the moment. <laughs> and if I was identified with that, I had the feeling I was out of the moment. But it didn't, if you saw the surveillance cameras, I was in the moment. Here, yeah? I was showing up here. Well, I was really out. I wasn't here today. Yes, you were. I saw you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not talking. I'm using, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the obviousness of it is what bowled me over. And really the sense of the timelessness of the solution. Like in AA, we talk about the, the idea of a pause, yeah? To me, that pause is an example of timelessness, usually bookended with time. But when you're in a pause, you know, like... The head just, the selfing gets stopped for a second or maybe five seconds. And what you, my whole manifest life has changed by a couple of pauses. Yeah? If you, your whole life would look different if you could drop a few pauses in it. You know, where before you had that knee jerk reaction? In AA, I had a pause. And I didn't go down the same old, same old road. And I went down another way and a whole new horizon and vista opened up. And that kept happening more and more. But that pause has a quality of timelessness. And that, to me, is what mind is. That one of the qualities of mind, not conditional mind, is timelessness. And so when it translates here as a solution, there's usually that quality. In other words, it's immediate. It's not like a long, drawn-out like uh, practice. It just it hits you like that. Yeah? It may seem to go... When your head says it seemed to go, but the the immediacy of it is is uh, the download hits you after a while. Hey, this is another realm. This is not of time. There's no longing and missing. And I've frustrated. I never got here early enough. There's no early or late. 
When that thing intersects, there's no time involved in it. Yeah? And I, it's nice to have that access. Like Jesus said, you know, supposedly, you're in this world, but you're not of it. Yeah? I would say mind has the quality of not of this world quite a lot. And if that can download while you're in this world, it's sort of cool. It allows, uh, it changes. It can have a life-lasting change in a nanosecond. It really can. Your whole way of seeing can change like that. Where you would think it would take 30 years to turn it to look this way. When there's a real surrender, it can just, like that. Yeah? Yeah. And then what I found, the layers and layers of playing God by the selfing is, is mind-boggling. I've seen, I see more of them all the time. But there's unbelievable layer upon layer upon layer. It's constantly seeking relevance in the story of life. It has to see like how we see. Most of us think we know God, yeah. Like it's it's on my terms. I've decided now in this life I'm going to know God. I would say if God wanted to know you, you would know it, yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't want to know God, so I'm not. But I think I want to know God now. It's unbelievable to me, yeah. It really is. It's incredible. <laughs> this all where everywhere. I don't. I never feel it. No. It's when you're up the ass of self, you have a belief you've never felt. It. It's constantly, it's always so, that's why you don't feel it. Yeah. It's just like gravity. Do you go to, did you go to a cafe today and did you hear anyone complaining about the effects of gravity? Oh, it was really my shoulder, very heavy on me today. Gravity's out to get me, I know. Yeah? No, but it's an influence on the body all day. But you never know it until it's absence. When you go to an anti-gravity field or a place, and then you really, ah, that's what gravity is. Yeah? Exactly. This is like the solution. You really know the problem by the solution. If you entertain this message that I may not possibly be a self, when that starts kicking in, you know the problem is the idea of being a self. It's clear as fucking day. Seriously, it's unbelievable how clear it is. Where do we sign up? <laughs> already, you already been served the spiritual subpoena. You already got it. Now you'll see what happens. It's like infecting. It's like a little bug that's been put in you. And see what happens now. That's what happened with me. I listened to it. I entertained the ideas that I was hearing. And I started living, walking around. And I was involved in a book. So when I read the book, something started happening. And the word self was all new downloads were occurring when I read the word self. And all the downloads distilled to one salient point. I'm not that. I'm not that. It was an incredible uh, shift because before I was working towards making it a better self. And it's hard <laughs> to make that thing a better self. I mean, in my case, it's not, it's, it's irretrievable, you know. <laughs> but if I'm not that, oh, fuck. Then that spirituality I thought I had to work for was seen as a nature, a state. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't do much at all, really. <laughs> and yet I sense it more and more than ever I ever I did when I was practicing stuff. I just feel it. It's like it's like being a fish in water. The fish sees like the seaweed and shells, but it probably doesn't sense the water because it's always been in the water. Yeah, this is we have an, uh, we have the opportunity to know we're in the water while in the water. Yes, 
We don't need to be taken out of the water. Oh, that was the water, and they have no recourse to get back in. We can know it. We can intimate the presence of the water while we're in the water. We can intimate the presence of mind or spirit while we're manifesting. We can intimate it. That's the thing. It says you'll sense the presence of a higher power. Well, you exude this kind of like freedom. You, uh... That's jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm insane right now. Oh, oh, he's cl- we're good. closing. No, 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 I'm stressing it. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm just in jet. No, no. I'm not closing. I have a lot of enthusiasm because I I've been sharing this like 19 years in a way. And uh, it sounds so convincing to me. I'm thinking, wow, I love this presentation this guy's giving. Because I've never missed any meeting. I've been to every one. <laughs> are, you, are you going to put that on the website? What? This one? You're going to put it on the website? Yeah, this That's will be on the website. Yeah, we will, we'll put it This is, uh, yeah. Well, this is, I love AA, you know? I, because if you look at in the manifestation, it's one of the greatest spiritual demonstrations People who were so down and out recovering from that seamless, hopeless state of mind and body. If you looked at spirituality here as a factory, AA is like firing on all cylinders. Because people who are totally, totally destroyed, seemingly, have been recovered. It's really mind-boggling to me. You know? And we have a grace in AA. You know that, right? There is a powerful grace in AA. I mean, it says it in our tradition that a loving God is going to express itself throughout group conscience. That's what happens, doesn't it? If you go to a lot of meetings and you look at all the individual people, you may say every one of them's an asshole. But the smell of the room after the meeting is like a perfume, like a nice scent, yeah? Because a loving power ex- expresses itself through our group conscience, yeah? I think it happens when, when people meet in honesty and intimacy. Yeah, it's a juice. It's very nice. It's called in Hinduism, they call it satsang, association with truth. Yeah. So, any more questions? Yes. Um, can you talk more about what it means or how to surrender? Because I notice, like, I'm always trying to surrender. I'm trying really hard, you know. I'm yes. Like, I can feel them in my head. I can feel a tightness a lot of the day in my head. Yeah. Um, and I'm, like, trying to, like, let it loose, you know. Yes. And it's, then it's more tightness. Well, maybe ask yourself who's trying to let it loose. Just ask. Don't look for an answer. Just ask the question. See what comes up. I entertain that. It works. But the the thing, too, in this, there is a state called surrendered, yeah, where something has dawned on you, and also the playing God has been seen. And so when... And but see, for me to entertain surrender, I needed it to happen, and it happened at the moment of clarity for me when I was in this trailer park, the last drink I had. I had about a, a portal open. And I had about a five-minute reprieve from the selfing, and it had never stopped ever since I was a kid. Really, it slowed down a lot and sped up, but it had never stopped. But for about four minutes in this trailer park, it stopped, and that was my surrender. I realized what surrender was. And from that point on, I could entertain it. Before I could, I got run over by cars, all this shit. It never brought me to a surrender. Never. Not even close. But this, something occurred with this grace of this one day in this trailer park, drinking Royal Gate Vodka. And there was, there was an experience of surrender. 
And now my mind can entertain it. It now knows what surrender means to it, yeah? And so by doing that, it's sur- and it's, it entered a state of surrendered, where it stabilizes, yeah? So what wants to surrender is not you, yeah? What you are is already surrendered, literally. You, want to, you think you want to surrender to a spirit. You are that spirit that you want to surrender to. That's how far it is. So when you entertain, like, the condition that you're really in, that thing that wants to surrender and take it back, that's not you. You're not beholden to its little uh, gymnastics. You can be stabilized. In, see, I, can, I, have, what I was really graced with, and I lived long enough to get it, was I had the ability to be convinced. Yeah? When I finally got into AA, I was convinced of the dilemma. Yeah? I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew it was killing, it was done, yeah? And it's never returned, never went back. So, to me, surrendered is like that. There's a sober uh, take on things, and you've had a sense of something, and the mind just gets it to the point. And then whatever presents it to be me, itself to be me, I'm not that. I'm not beholden by my thoughts, and they do not reference me, or they do not triangulate me, they do not locate me. They're just thoughts, yes? Something else moves me. Something else, I take my orders from something else. I don't know what it is, but I can sense the downloads when it's talking in its way to me. Yeah? Yeah, and I have incredible conviction in it. Why? Because it delivers the goods. Yeah? It makes you happy. It makes you you of service. I'll, I'll end with this thing. You know, in AA, we do service a lot to get an experience of being out of self, right? When you do service, you t- sometimes you can have an experience of being out of self. So what happened with me? I looked at that, because I did a lot of service that, thousands of times, and it was a really great batting average. I got out of self, like H&I, hospital and institutions. No matter how deeply I was up the ass of self, after 10 minutes I had gratitude and everything. Yeah, So it would work quite a lot. But what happened... Where was I just then? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here I do. So I do service, and what would be the? How could I describe the feeling when I did service? I felt like I was bigger, yeah, or available, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was available to someone else, and then when I was available to someone else, I would sense sometimes a presence of what I call the higher power or spirit, yeah. So I did the service. Uh, let's say I was in the th- in the throes of selfing. Did service. It brought me out of the selfing. Felt available, and I sensed the presence. Why why not entertain you're the presence that you think you sensed? If you're that presence, then you are available, and then you are of service. Yeah, it's not an experience anymore. It's a state. You are you are that presence. That means, meaning, and with the word presence, obviously that means you're available, because you're present. And being available, I'm of service. You see the leap of that? Where you're in one modality of, I'm this, and I've got to get out of this, and only to go back in it, to try to have to get out of it again, yes? Back and forth, going to the well, getting the water, getting some refreshment, having to get dry again, go to the well, instead of realizing you are the water. But this would be that. You entertain, hey, maybe I am the water. If I'm the water, it changes everything. Well, then I'm always available, and I am of service. Yeah? Doing formal service or not, I am of service. 
Because I'm available? Because why? I'm the presence. If I'm identified with what I think I am, I'm going to be available and not available based on its whims, based on what it says. I'll feel really connected one minute. I'll be disconnected the next minute. Yeah? I, I'm really close to God. I'm far away from God. Who's telling you that? God in your head. God's not... <laughs> you ever play that game when your kids, they hide something and you're looking out and they go, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. You're getting hot. Oh, you're cold. That's what your head's like with God. Oh, you're getting close. You're feeling, oh, you're, you're fucked up again. Oh. I would say you're playing God, man. Jesus Christ, your head's playing God. So if you see that not to be you, you may realize you are surrendered. Yes? This act of surrendering is like a little pantomime. It always has its opposite. You take back. You surrender, you take back. Surrender, take back. Surrendered is that's it's not in that game anymore. It's a different kind of state. And I think it's very, very uh, reliable. Yeah? So any more questions? I could go on all night. I love uh, I love New Jersey. <laughs> Weekend, right? I'm having a meeting in Dover for three days at this milestone place, and then Philadelphia on Sunday. Where in Philly? I don't know where that place is. Yoga on Main Street or something. It's on the website, Zen Bitch Slap. Have you ZenBitchSlap.com? Yeah, it's on there. Yes. So uh, what do we need to do now? Oh, hey, I have tons of shirts. I, uh, I'm the only person who does talks who sells shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Zen Bitch Slap? What's the sound of one hand slapping? <laughs> Men and women's. I got DVDs. Some. This is a professional DVD about addiction recovery and spiritual awakening I did for these people on this website called Stillness Speaks. And then I have some of my own DVDs. So, and uh, let's end with the serenity prayer, right? Sounds good. Yeah. Did we get up? Yeah. <laughs> Can I, can I, works, works, we can understand uh, spiritual uh, concepts, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to make a line, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, good. Oh, thank you. Okay. Do you do any personal talks? Yeah, yeah. Good. How you doing?